This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, before we get the show started, Horse Radio Network for the first time has a wide selection of Horse Radio Network merchandise available for the holidays. Hats, saddle pads, masks, clothing, mugs, and so much more, either screen printed or embroidered. Get your orders in now for you or your HRN listening friends. Visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner on the homepage today. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jacqueline Burke from Damascus, Maryland, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 11th, episode 2,557. This episode is brought to you by Stateline Tat. Good morning, Horse World. A few moments ago, I placed a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as I stepped back and stood during the moment of silence that followed, I said a small prayer. And it occurred to me that each of my predecessors has had a similar moment, and I wondered if our prayers weren't very much the same, if not identical. We celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And I wonder, in fact, if all Americans' prayers aren't the same as those I mentioned a moment ago. For all we can ever do for our heroes is remember them and remember what they did and memories are transmitted through words. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died and they gave up two lives the one they were living, and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. There's always someone who is remembering for us. No matter what time of year it is or what time of day, there are always people who come to this cemetery, leave a flag or a flower or a little rock on a headstone. And they stop and bow their heads and communicate what they wished to communicate. I think sometimes of General Matthew Ridgway, who the night before D-Day tossed sleepless on his cot and talked to the Lord and listened for the promise that God made to Joshua. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. We are surrounded today by the dead of our wars. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. All we can do is try to see that other young men never have to join them. Today as never before, 
we must pledge to remember the things that will continue the peace. Today as never before, we must pray for God's help in broadening and deepening the peace we enjoy. Let us pray for freedom and justice and a more stable world. And let us make a compact today with the dead. A promise in the words for which General Ridgway listened, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Well, that was Ronald Reagan 30 years ago, and geez, what the end of what he said there is probably more important today than it ever has been. It's amazing how things don't change over time, you know, how th- a lot of things stay the same. So uh, we wanted to give—we uh, we play that every year on Veterans Day, and we want to thank everybody who served and uh, is still around, and may those who, like my dad, who served and are here no longer, may they rest in peace, and we're thinking about you all today. Well, today we have a brand new baby co-host. We have Jacqueline with us. Hi, Jacqueline. Good morning, Glenn. Thanks for joining me today. Now, we've been talking, you actually came, what, a year or two ago, and you sat in the studio here and, and hung out with us during the show, hung out with Jamie and I, and mm-hmm. we've, ever, we've said ever since then that we, we need to get you on and co-host it with us, so thank you for doing this. Yep, here we are. <laughs> and uh, Jacqueline's one of our great auditors, and it's so much fun for me to have uh, people uh, try it out, and try, especially people like you. You listen to the show for years, right? You've been around a long time. So, oh, like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what happens. So it is kind of fun to do that. And I uh, I really appreciate it. And we're going to learn more about Jacqueline and what she does and uh, what she's been up to this year uh, in a, just a bit. But today we have coming up, uh, we have a couple of guests that I think you're going to like. We have a champion. Uh, Annie Chance is going to join us. And she is an AHCA uh, national champion. And I don't even know what that is. So we're going to find out about that together today. And then also Jean Abernathy. You've heard her. She's Abernathy. She's been on the show many times before. She's of Fergus fame. She draws the cartoons and things. Well, she's going to be our holiday gift pick today. So we're going to chat with her a little bit. And we have a bunch of other stuff we're going to get to today as well. So let's get started, like we always do, with some Daily Winnies. I have a happy birthday to Rachel Zent, one of our terrific auditors. Thank, or a happy birthday to you, and thank you for being an auditor. We really appreciate it. And I have a part two here, Jacqueline. Um, so Stacy Westfall, who, of course, uh, hosts the Dressage Show and has been on this show many, many times, uh, probably one of the biggest champions in the Western world, just announced uh, this morning, and she's been talking about it over on the Dressage Show, that... She's been participating in the Dressage World Champion, Western Dressage World Championships. They did that online and with videos this year. And both of her horses are now Western Dressage World Champions. So both of her horses won world championships. Um, no, no surprise, it's Stacy Westfall. But uh, congratulations to Stacy. Good job, Stacy. Do you ever get tired of winning championships, by the way? No, I don't. Not at all. <laughs> I'm so competitive. Are you kidding me? That's why I keep riding horses. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody that's winning championships gets tired of it because they're very competitive, uh, which is maybe why I don't compete because I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but Jacqueline's turn. Hi, 
All right. I'm going to follow Glenn's lead and also give two daily winnies. My first daily winnie goes to a horse named Juno. Juno is at my farm and unfortunately got into a bit of a pasture accident last Uh-oh. week. I know. Um, so I'm just sending her love um, that she heals well soon. Is she soon. okay? What's up? She just, it looks like she came down on a fence board and got a pretty big wound. Ooh. So, yep, hopefully uh, she'll be back at the farm soon. So we're just sending her our healing vibes. Can, can we please have the horses just stay with all four <laughs> feet on the ground when they're out in the fields, please? Oh, it's awful. It's all, <laughs> And actually, I have to say this. Um, my husband found her, so props oh. to him. He wins like the hu- horse husband award. Did he freak out not- like I would have? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So, but luckily, Did he come running in, in the house screaming? No, he was texting me. It was oh. awful. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. He's like, oh, my God, you need to come out. The horse can't walk. I'm like, what? No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she is uh, uh, a good one of our good boarders here. So um, she's in good hands uh. over at Marion DuPont, the equine hospital, and hopefully we'll be coming home soon. Uh, so Did it and then get my tendons or anything or just. No, it was actually her chest. Oh, chest. So she just had a big chest wound. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but hopefully she's back. And then my second daily Winnie goes to um, my barn manager, Michelle. Uh, We were able to take a couple days off over the weekend. So just want to give her a shout out for taking great care of the farm while we were gone and allowing us to, you know, get some much needed R&R. Very good. Well, I want, yeah. And you, you did have a little bit of vacation. You went down to Mexico, right? (laughs) We did. We uh, decided to escape the craziness of the United States right now, and uh, it was wonderful. So, you said they're uh, actually handling COVID better than we are. Oh, my gosh, yes. Everybody had, like, face masks on, and they had on, um, like, masks and eyewear, like, which was kind of interesting. And um, everywhere you went was, like, sanitized, and they, like, were constantly having you put hand sanitizer on. And um, it was great. Like, I would totally recommend. If well, you that's a lot better than here. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, you know, I felt... You were safer on vacation. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, you know, got to sit in the pool, have a drink, enjoy the beach a little bit. So it was much needed. I wish we could have stayed longer. Now, uh, we have something going on today here in Ocala. We just went under a tropical storm warning because now this stupid storm, what is it, Ida or Ada? I don't know how you say it. But uh, anyway, is now decided to head our way. It's been floundering out there in the Gulf, but it's picked up steam and it's it's apparently heading up our direction. So we're expecting forty to sixty mile an hour winds, which is enough to knock power out. So if uh, if I'm and that's going to happen tonight into tomorrow. So if uh, I will post on Facebook if we can't do the show Friday, <laughs> so we'll let you know. Uh, power goes out when we get a gust around here, so we'll see what happens with that. And I do have some other news that uh, I haven't been talking much about it, but I might as well mention it today. Uh, so I've been still having, you, you all know, everybody knows I've had, I had surgery and I was having pain after and basically got an infection. Uh, but even after the infection, I was still having pain. So they sent me for more testing and an ultrasound and discovered my gallbladder is all gunked up. And that is probably what's causing all my current pain. I still... I'm on pain pills every day and just uh, trying to get through the day eating and things. And I went to the surgeon this morning. I wasn't even supposed to be back by now, but the surgeon was on time for my appointment. So uh, that was nice uh, because I wanted to host with you. Uh, But yeah, so next Thursday, I get to go have my gallbladder out in addition to everything else. So I'm going to add that to my collection of things they've taken out this month. 
Um, but hopefully that surgery that's outpatient will be a little easier than the last one and I won't have trouble after and I can finally get rid of this pain, which I'll be very happy about. So and hopefully you'll be able to, you know, enjoy eat. all that Thanksgiving yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like he said, well, I'm going to try and get you in the next week. I said, I hope so, because Thanksgiving's the following week. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll feel better. I just, uh, I, I, at this point, to be honest, Jacqueline, I don't care what they take out. Just so I feel better. It's like, do whatever. I don't care. But uh, so let's talk about you. Uh, you were on the show and I think you had just gotten a brand new farm in Virginia. Tell us about that. How's that going? Yeah, so we're actually in Maryland. We moved across the river. Uh, so we're about uh, 30 miles or so outside of D.C. in Damascus, Maryland. Oh, yeah. So the, we bought the, the about... Appalachian Trail goes right through Damascus. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Damascus what? is a big stop on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, interesting. So if you see people with big backpacks and they look really scruffy and stinky, you stop and pick them up when they're hitchhiking and bring them to town. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. Uh, yes, we are... Uh, we bought about 25 acres, I think, last July, um, and so it's been super busy. This year, we put in the start of a cross-country course, um, cross-country like schooling field, and then uh, we just finished within probably the last month. Um, we redid the outdoor arena and expanded it and redid the footing and then also uh, redid the footing in the indoor as well. So, um, yeah, I need my money tree to start growing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, footing ain't cheap. Oh my gosh. No, it's crazy. Oh, it's so expensive. But I have to say, um, we put in like a waterless wax footing in the outdoor. It has a little bit of fiber. Um, and oh, then they like what's a wax waterless sand. wax footing. Well, so you basically don't have to water it. So it's like much more main. It's like pretty much maintained by Is itself. Is it sand or does it have the carpet or rubber in it or whatever too? It's it's mostly sand, um, which, you know, I think some of those like very like heavier uh, like fiber footings, I feel like don't have enough give for the horses. So this has quite a bit of give, but they basically coat the uh, sand in wax so huh. that you don't have to water it. So it's like dustless. How long does that last? The, the wax coating? Do they say? I thought it was like 20, 25 years. It's wow. by a company called uh, Footing First. So what's it like uh, to ride an arena that's not dusty? That must be nice. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I want to go sleep on it. It's like <laughs> literally so nice. I taught a jump lesson this morning before the uh, like rain started and like it's perfect no matter what. So it's well worth the investment. I'm super excited about it. And um, I think it's it, it was well worth the money. So you're an inventor. Um, mm -hmm. So... Tell us, uh, have you been uh, competing this year? And tell us a little about your horses. Yeah, so I have actually gotten to compete quite a bit. Um, I was able to go down to Florida in February when I saw you. And then I think I got home the weekend, like the world shut down. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then we started back eventing uh, here in June. Uh, so I've been actually able to get out quite a bit. Um, I have three young horses. Uh, I had, I'm an FEI rider. I competed through the... I guess now three start long years ago. So it's been a while for me to like kind of get my string going again. Um, but I have a five-year-old uh, Dutch gelding that I got from Ireland last year. Uh, and he did a bunch of trainings. Um, he, this is a good, what he did was really good. He uh, finished every event on his, with no jumping penalties. So both cross country and no show jumping penalties. He was great. Hmm. So 
he's going to be pretty cool. And then uh, I have a six-year-old horse. Um, he is a thoroughbred off the track. Uh, I think if you guys listen, go back and listen to the show from February, I think I talked about how he had some naughty behavior. <laughs> so we, uh, he's been just kind of going along. He actually, um, was the area two reserve champion for beginner novice. So shout out to him. Yay. And then, yeah. And then I have an older gelding. He's eight. He turned eight this year, another thoroughbred off the track and he moved up to preliminary, um, and did a couple preliminaries. Um, and actually I decided, uh, he wasn't going to get to an FEI event this winter fall. Uh, so I basically decided to take him to the training three day at Wardaka a couple weeks ago, which was so much fun. And he finished third and was the highest place thoroughbred. So it was a, actually a very good season for me. <laughs> All things aside. You did have a good season. Wow. You know, yeah. maybe do you think that the break actually helped a lot of the especially the professionals horses this year? I you know, I do. I think what's been really interesting and just talking to, you know, a lot of my uh, peers in the industry is like people were able to kind of take a step back. Like I feel like, you know, now the eventing season specifically and probably horse shows in general, you can be doing something every weekend. So you have to be really careful about like how you build breaks into schedules. So when we shut down in April, um, we literally just even all my students' horses, they all got like a week or two off and then basically just walked and did some walk work until we had like a idea of maybe what was happening. So I just think it's so important. And a lot of people were able to kind of step back and fill in some holes. And um, what was really great, I ride with uh, Lynn Szymanski. And so um, I think I've taken more lessons with Lynn this year. I've seen been able to see her once or twice a week since kind of uh, probably April and it's made a huge difference. So, you know, I, uh, less showing more. Well, she was available and you were available. I mean, uh, it takes two, <laughs> it takes two in that situation, right? Cause she's yeah, normally no. been on the road all the time. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we've gone in spurts, like when, you know, she's getting ready for a big competition, you know, she'll be gone for a month or so. And then, you know, she's got to obviously focus on herself. So it's kind of, we'll take a bunch of lessons and then I won't see her for a few months. So this has been great because just the consistency has been really nice. So I think it's been, I think it, hopefully what people will take away from this time is like being a little bit more proactive in terms of like how to add breaks into horses schedules and getting creative in terms of like how to keep them mentally happy. You so. know, it used to be in the old days uh, that you would, all horses got breaks because there were no shows, uh, you know, in December, January, February. Oh, exactly. Uh, you know, before the Florida whole scene really kicked in 30 years ago, your, your horse just went out in the field for three months. So uh, that's, that is a big change over the last 30 years. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we, you know, I, I was saying we kind of finished up with all of the horses schedule over the last couple of weeks. And that's why I took a little bit of a break. And all my guys, for the most part now are just having a few weeks and, you know, I'll slowly bring them back. And, you know, while I'd love to like start kind of fixing some of the dressage and some of the show jumping stuff. I'm like, they just need a little bit of time, just trail ride, hang out until, you know, late December, January. Yeah. Well, and and I know a lot of you know, especially the show jumpers. I mean, they're going all the time. I mean, they just never stop anymore. Uh, you know, they're just competing all twelve months a year. Uh, so I hope that I actually do hope that that more professional riders take 
what they learned this year and actually do implement some more time off than they have in the past. I think that's good for the horses, too. It's good for everybody, I think. I think, yeah, we as riders need to take... Yeah. I think people need to take time for themselves. Mental health is important. <laughs> well, and your body breaks down over time. You know, it's just, it's, you know, oh, I kind of always compared boxers to eventers. Eventually, you break enough bones, things start to hurt all the time. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> my wife. She knows. She'll tell yeah, you that. See? She'll tell you it hurts all the time. Yeah. No, it's it's always something, right? So now uh, there was something else, and I'm trying to get her on. I'll see if I can get her on. Uh, there's something else that came out. And when we had our tax shop way, way, way back, and this was a long time ago, in the 1990s, there was this pretty rudimentary game that came out called Equestriad. And did you see that they've uh, re-released it now? I did, and I'm not going to lie. So I loved that game. I was like totally. <laughs> it this was, was pretty my simple because computers were simple, simpler back then. They weren't sophisticated oh, like now. Yeah. Yeah, so. and I think you could. So this was my life as a child, right? These were the only things I liked. I liked playing with my briar horses. There was never dolls. And then I was like kind of a computer nerd. So I would play the Equestriad Mary King eventing yes, game. Yes, that's right. Basically, yeah, be yeah. able to like gallop around. Which we sold a was, ton of those. We sold a yeah, ton of those. Yeah, it was like Sydney Olympics. It was awesome. And then the other thing I did as a child was I made my friends um, jump jumps in my backyard and I yelled at them like an instructor. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I am like, I did see this actually while I was gone last week. And I'm like, I got to figure this out because I so, saw like Boyd's is, one of the riders. Yeah, this is and, out of Go Gallop Studios in Australia. And they're announcing it's called Equestriad World Tour. Uh, it's a free-to-play mobile title. Uh, and what it is is you you collect a variety of different horse breeds and setting. The settings are different, saddles and all that different kind of thing. Uh, but you can actually choose a character that is one of these professional riders that's been chosen to be in the game. And and our listeners know a lot of these. Uh, so Boyd's in there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Chris Burton's in there from Australia. Uh, Jessica Phoenix from Canada, who's been on our show a ton. Uh, Liz Holiday Sharp, one of the hosts here of the eventing show for a long time. Uh, oh, yeah. This is like the who's who. Michael of Young. Yep. yep. Sam Watson. Piggy, Piggy French. Uh, uh, Shane Rose. Oliver Townend. I mean, they do have some... Do you, do you have a pick of who you would be, Glenn? Oh. Well, I would almost have to pick... This is a tough one because there's so many good ones in there. Well, if I want to be the winner of winners, I'd pick Michael Young, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, but you know, I think you're going to kind of pick who's in your country too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about this too is world uh, famous eventing course designers Mike Etherington Smith has been on the show, Mark Phil has been on the show, Ian Stark, all contributed. And all uh, added commentary during this. So it's got. I can't wait to see it. So is it out now? It looks like it's uh, now available on iOS and Android uh, coming soon. So iOS, okay. Android coming soon. I have an Android, so I haven't seen it yet. But if any of a... our listeners have tried it, let us know. Yeah, I have an uh, an Apple device, so I'm definitely downloading this today. I will report back. This looks like a <laughs> great... Yeah, give it a try and let us know what you think. But yeah, it's, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, yeah. this looks awesome. 
So uh, let's take a break here and talk a little bit about state line tack before we get to our first guest, a champion in her own right. We're going to be talking a little Western today, uh, and then we're going to be talking uh, authors and books and cartoons a little bit later on in the show. But Shire's Equestrian is now on sale right now at state line tack. Do you use any Shire's products? I do. Um, I love Shires actually. So I, when I opened the website this morning, I now know why Jamie always says that she spends money because <laughs> I'm looking at this and going, Oh, I need this in my cart. So there's a couple, um, of their products. I really like, uh, if anybody has not tried the Arma boots, they're fantastic. They're like a brushing boot. Um, and they're really good and durable, um, and they hold up really well. We use them pretty much almost every day. They're like, I think they're on sale right now for $25. What? For their brush. Yeah, and they're fantastic. Like, you can't beat them. Um, and their bell boots are also really good as well. So um, I love Shires because I think the price point is super uh, for the quality that you get. So and um, I, I noticed one of the uh, posts on the auditor page the other day was asking about... Uh, was asking about ice boots and leg mm-hmm. wraps for that kind of thing. And they, Shires also makes a really good hot and cold relief boot. Uh, oh, yeah, I see that right now. now. It's like on sale, I think, for $47, down 25%. So if, if you, uh, that's a good time to buy anything like that. But they also do saddle pads and all different kinds of stuff. And uh, they have these blankets on there in cool patterns. There's one yeah. with donuts yes. and boxes. And- Shires is, every year we go to the trade show, we look at what Shires has put on their blanket. Because <laughs> they always come out with great ones. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. The original Fox prints are available, and it looks like they have most sizes, too. And they're on sale right now for the 200-gram turnouts for $82, which is perfect for the South. So head on over to statelinetack.com. And it looks like the sale at the top, the 25% off thing, is still going on, too. So be sure to click on that. I don't know when that's ever going to end. Probably never. It's this is a great website. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on forever. And the, I noticed the other thing they have there, uh, they have new Mudrucker muck boots. Uh, and it's very mucky right now. And I've had Mudruckers and have Mudruckers, and I love my Mudruckers. So Mudrucker uh, muck boots are especially good for if you live in the north. Uh, they're warm, and you will not get your feet wet in these things. And they have those on sale right now, too, from 10 to, to 25% off. All on the homepage at statelinetech.com. Well, we've tried to reach our guest any chance on here, but uh, we haven't been able to connect with her. Unfortunately, with a live show, this happens sometimes, and with horse people having stuff happen, you know, probably she has a horse that jumped onto a fence. Like Jacqueline. <laughs> but hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully that's not it. And it's just something simple. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue on with the show and hopefully we'll get her on another time. But uh, before we do that, well, let's do this. Let's head on to it is it is uh, crappy list Wednesday. And I do have a crappy list here. So I thought we'd chat about that. It was over on Horse and Hound. Do you think they get pissed when I call their list crappy all the time? That's I mean, our name for what we do on Wednesdays because the way I present it is usually crappy. It's not it, it doesn't reflect on the list itself. It's poking fun. Yeah, but that's it's right. all good. That's right. So which one are we doing? <laughs> it says fourteen jobs all horse owners need to do right now. So I'm assuming they mean prepare for winter. <laughs> yeah, I think this was kind of winterizing list. Yeah. I think that's what this was for. I like it number one. It says the title is hardcore. Which <laughs> Then if you read, so this is clearly, you know, 
England versus the United States. Putting hardcore down in driveways before the winter will help these areas stay compact and prevent them from being too muddy and slippery. I think they mean stone dust, down like, like stone blue, or stone dust stone. or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's a British term. Yes, no, that that's definitely one. And I will say that is like on my list of things to do for the farm. So, but you know, that money tree. What we found is the hard part about doing that in the winter where you get a lot of snow is then when you plow the snow, you're plowing up all the stones too. Well, and it just becomes a mud pit. I think the key to it is that you have to do it before mud season. So like you kind of like take back that top layer of uh, like the grass and dirt, and then put the bluestone down. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, you you can't have mud underneath. Uh, do it right. And then you have to, when you plow, you have to try and not dig it all up. That's <laughs> one of the hard parts, too. But the, the second one he, here, and I hope everybody's already done this, is winter rugs. If you didn't get your winter rugs cleaned and repaired in the spring, now is the time to do it. Or if you need new rugs, it's time to go shopping. So you guys can all... Exactly. <laughs> Shire's blankets. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, are then, you good about that? Actually getting that done every year? I am. We actually have a blanket lady, like literally right down the street. So she comes to the farm and we have 15 horses here. So she picks up mine and all my border stuff, cleans them and, you know, does Do you the know water. how jealous people are right now who don't have a blanket lady down the street? Yeah. You know, I will say if you do have a local tax store, typically they have some sort of relationship. So head over there and yeah. they can typically help you out um, would be my my advice. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't have that either. I don't know what they do. I, and I noticed I, I did see a sign. We've seen signs popping up at the laundromats here in Ocala, especially no horse blankets. <laughs> so they're getting pickier about that. You got to do it either when it's super busy so you can go in discreetly or in like the middle of the, the night. night. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But the the next one on here, uh, and this is like the worst job ever, but it says clippers. Get your clippers serviced and blades sharpened by a specialist so you are ready to tackle those winter woolies. If you'd like to learn how to clip, you they have a clipping video. So um, I have to say I'm kind of spoiled now. Um, now that I do have a, a barn manager who helps everything kind of go, I don't clip nearly as many horses as I used to. So well, people we, we clipped Scooter <laughs> twice a year because he's a furball and he lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. So he's getting hot already because it's still in the eighties and he's got his full winter coat. So we clip him twice a year. I actually love clipping because I only have to do one pony. So it's kind of nice when you can just relax and just do one. It's kind of it's kind of therapeutic. Well and two, you you do live on your property, right? Yep. So you, as soon as you're done, you can go shower so you don't get all like... That is correct. (laughs) Yes. That's correct. Yeah, you got (laughs) that So there you go. (laughs) Uh, All right. Number four is worming. I think we've talked about... You guys talk about worming all the time and have had some really good worming podcasts. Yes. Or episodes. we've talked about that quite a bit. Yep. Uh, And then we got bedding. What do you use, by the way? For bedding or worming? uh, Bedding. Uh, we have shavings, like thin sawdust shavings. Yeah. We, our horses are out, um, almost 24 seven. They come in twice a day to eat. Um, but other than that, they're pretty much out. Um, I like even the competition horses. Um, the only time they're really in their stalls is if we have bad weather. I have like a few that, you know, it looks like rain and they're like, bring me in, bring me in. So (laughs) now do you buy it in a large quantity or do you get it just as you need it? We buy it in bulk, which is a whole nother discussion. The uh, 
sometimes depending on the driver, they hit the top of, we have like a shavings area and they hit the top of the barn. (laughs) So that, you know, has caused some, some words between the husband and I, but, uh, it, I do think it saves you money, definitely buying in bulk if you can. Yeah, we had this cool system uh, in the one bank barn we had in Pennsylvania that uh, we had we had a hole in the floor at the top of the bank barn, so he would back up the hill with the dump truck, and we would open that hole, and it would go down into one of the stalls where all the stalls were, and that whole stall would then fill up with shavings. But it was great because, you know, other than the dust storm <laughs> when, it, when mm-hmm. he did that, it was great because the shavings were right where you needed them. We didn't have to carry them any distance. It was perfect. Uh, but most, you know, now we use bagged because we, do, we don't have that option here anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... The shavings is tough. I've used like the pelleted bedding too, which I do like, but trying to do it for 15 horses is just way too much. Um, so back to the shavings, but yeah, we use a combination yeah. now of the pelleted and the shavings mm-hmm. kind of use yeah. the pelleted as your base layer and then the shavings everywhere else. Uh, but that's what we've been doing. I remember we used to use pelleted quite a bit and it, we were, remember when pelleted came out and we would all, we'd all squirt it with water and watch it grow. And that was the coolest thing ever when it first came out. Well, and you could never really figure out like how much water to I use, know. and <laughs> yeah, it was like a disaster. But <laughs> but it was fun watching it grow. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, there's there's a couple more on here. Right. Uh, the next one is around dietary changes. So I think this is just good general horse management. If you got some of those easy keepers in the summer, just you know now is the time to get ahead of them uh, and make sure that they don't lose any weight going into uh, the winter season. And then the next one. Oh, I could talk about this for a while. Uh, it says mud fever. Mud fever can start in autumn if conditions are wet and muddy. Avoid long periods of exposure to these conditions as bacteria from the soil can enter horse's body through damaged skin or cuts. Okay, so here's my word of wisdom for everybody. Curry your horse's legs daily and you will avoid this. <laughs> I don't think people curry their horses' legs enough, Glenn. So that's my words of wisdom and, and tip of the day for everybody. Jeez, now I got to start doing that too. <laughs> right? It's just a good habit. And then you avoid the whole scratches Yeah, we thing. get scratches down here because it's very wet all the time. So scratches yeah. is a problem. And Jennifer does get on my case about it all the time. Uh, oh, it drives, it's like my one like barn pet peeve. Yeah, because people do the top and they got out of the legs. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, the legs look fine. Yeah, but if yeah. you actually put your hands on the legs, you know, it takes like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing your barn manager now has to curry legs every day. Oh, she does. Yeah. And like, honest, we have, you know, a lot of the girls at the farm too. And like, I'm always on their case. And then, you know, they're like, oh, trying to put all the stuff on there. And I'm like, if you just curry the legs... You can avoid a lot of this. <laughs> so lots of curing of the legs. Uh, all right. A couple other ones. Vaccinations. Then we got teeth. So make sure you get your, now's a great time to get your horse's dental done. Uh, the next one is grass. Uh, and it says laminitis is the most commonly, commonly associated with spring gla- grass, but cool nights lead to an increased accumulation of sugars in the grass if you own a laminitic prone horse consider whether you need to restrict their grass intake yeah scooter can't be out he gets very limited grass every day and he can't be out in the grass first thing in the morning i got in trouble for that so yeah yeah. it's definitely uh, the other thing i'll say about grass now with like the farm owning thing is um now is a great time to also like reseed or overseed paddocks um 
so that they're ready for the spring. So we did that too. You know, I feel like I'm learning all the things of how to own a farm. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You are. There we go. So, and then we got, and here, this is a good one, Glenn. This is, this is says fly gear. So to your point earlier, take care of cleaning and washing your fly sheets and masks now. So they're ready in the spring. (laughs) Yeah. We're still using ours here. (laughs) It's crazy. All right. And the last couple is winterizing your yard. So um, make sure that all the fence posts are in good condition. Check gutters, pipes are clear of debris, uh, any installation that might need to be doing. So I don't think you guys need to worry about that in Florida, right? No, not too much. (laughs) You're lucky. Here, I need to go. See, January 1st, I got to come down. I I remember bucket heaters and uh, heated hoses and all that crap. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Chipping uh, ice out of the buckets every morning and dumping them out, and then you could build you could build uh, pyramids with the uh, ice because they're all shaped like buckets. I remember doing that. Oh, that sounds awful. (laughs) Oh, I just can't. We lived in Massachusetts. We'd build these stacks of ice buckets. I I grew up in Chicago and like worked in a barn my whole life, like as a teenager and stuff, and like I don't know how I did it. It is very cold in Chicago. It, it like I don't know went weeks not getting above twenty and like I just and windy I, all the time. Yep. I don't think that I, I really actually spent eight hours in a barn a day. Then like I think it's a, a made up part of my life. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> it's amazing it. how you adapt, right? Now I can't even imagine being where you live now in the winter. So oh, and it's not even that bad here. <laughs> And I still complain. It got like 32 degrees here the other day for, you know, like four hours in the morning. And you would have thought that it was negative 20. I had like my snow jacket on, gloves and like wool winter breeches. And yeah, it was bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. The last two, uh, the last ones here is around cooling. So that's kind of just referencing like general best practices when cooling out your horse. So, uh, you know, if you haven't clipped them, Um, making sure, you know, use a wool or face cooler um, to help them preventing them from becoming cold um, after workout. So good best care practice. And then the last one, this is an interesting one, says shooting. If you, (laughs) again, great title. If you live in an area where deer stalking or shooting may occur, it is best to avoid riding out at peak times. Outfit yourself and your horse in bright colors or talk to your fellow riders to make sure that you can be seen and heard. Well, you learn one thing when you live in Pennsylvania is the Monday after Thanksgiving, you do not ride your horse anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Because it would, we lived at the base of a mountain and Mm -hmm. outside of uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and we lived at the base of the mountain. And on that Monday morning, as soon as the light came up, it sounded like World War III. Uh, so we would always make sure the horses were in the barn because they hunted all around our property too. Uh, so we would always make sure the horses were in the barn that morning and they got used to shooting. So, you know, because it happened all every year, but yeah, shooting and we would never ride, like we would never go out into the woods and ride during that two weeks of deer season. Cause in Pennsylvania, there is 1 million hunters on the Monday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, Maryland and Virginia is kind of the same. I think so. The deer must know my farm is like a safe haven. Safe zone, yeah. <laughs> because literally, like, it's to the point that yesterday morning I like looked out my bedroom window and there was like a deer on the side right below one of the trees. And then we had three deer in the front yard. And you can get my, I'll hack out my one horse. And I swear to God, I can get like five feet from it. I feel like Monty sometimes. I'm like, oh, the deer, <laughs> the deer trusts me. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think they just know that they're not going to get shot, shot yeah, at that's, my property. That's right. Well, I'm glad they have a safe haven at your house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come to, come to my farm. Safe haven. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, before we get to our first guest, ironically, and we do apologize for uh, something came up, I guess, with the last guest. But uh, Neil has been our editor for many, many years and has started a new online store called Toma Gear. And he now has men and women's affordable luxury watches, sunglasses, bracelets, and more. It, uh, his collection is carefully curated, and many of the products are unisex. I have a couple of his watches now because I have a watch fetish, and I've bought a couple, much of Jennifer's chagrin. Uh, but they're affordable. He has diesel and gas and Citizen and Casio. And we're talking, you know, in the 40 to $100 range, which for really nice, good-looking watches are you know, that's really affordable. So they also has rugged watches. So if you're wearing your watch in the barn all day and you actually still wear a watch in the barn, I found myself actually, you know, for years I was using the phone, but now I find myself going back to a watch when I go do stuff because I don't want to get the phone out. You know, so it's like, it's just it's easier to look at the watch. So uh, he has a great collection of them. I have bought an everyday watch there that looks like it's a very expensive watch. And it cost me like $49 and sunglasses also. And you can get a 25% discount right now. Use the c- coupon code HRN when you check out at ShopToma, T-O-M-A dot com. That's ShopToma.com. Use the coupon code HRN and you will get 25% off. And I want to thank you because he said a bunch orders came in after we talked about it last week so uh, i hope that you get a chance to shop there soon and speaking of shopping we're going to be heading next to our uh guest jean abernethy who i know will be here because i confirmed and she always shows up and you know her from fergus fame and she is the cartoonist that does all the fergus cartoons we've had her on the show before and she has a new book coming out just in time for the holidays and we're going to hear about that in just a minute Here's another Horse Radio Network holiday gift idea. And we have one of our best friends on the show. She's been coming on the show for years. I have one of her portraits that has me in it and Fergus sitting right in front of me. I'm looking at it in the studio. Jean Abernethy, how are you? I'm well, Glenn. It's good to hear your voice. I took a look. The first time we had you on one of our shows was 10 years ago. Has it been that long? It really has. It really has been 10 years. <laughs> How fun is that? How long have you been drawing Fergus? I have been drawing Fergus, believe it or not, for 20 years, Glenn. Wow. So this is the years. 20th anniversary right now. This this is. Yes, it was 20 years ago. I thought maybe maybe generic horses, I don't know. Maybe people were asking what the horse's name was. So I decided I'd make a character. And, and the rest is history. How did you come up with the great big eyes? Was was did Fergus always have the great big eyes? <laughs> he always did. Yeah. You know, and and I don't even like those eyes. I love the eyes. He has, he has <laughs> well, yeah, that's where the expression is. I I think the eyes come from an attempt at utter ridiculousness cuz horses eyes of course don't touch. And so that just added to the ludicrous nature of it all. It's just let these Make these eyes smack dab in the center of his face. And you'll get a kick out of this because for quite a few years, I drew standard breads, right? And you put that bridle on, you've got that strap right down between the eyes. Well, <laughs> good luck putting a bridle like that on Fergus because <laughs> that strap has <laughs> to disappear in the middle of his face. 
When did you, oh, what at what fun. point after you started releasing books did Fergus become popular? Did it take a while? It was actually before the first book. It was in 2012 when I was digging out my old comics, which which were the perfect proportion to fit in that cover space on Facebook. I learned how to use Facebook and I dragged out my old comics, colored them in the computer, stuck them on Facebook. And between 2012 and 2015, it blew up to over 300,000 followers. Wow. And I was just blown away. It took social media to make it happen, basically. It really did, yeah. So how many books have, have you put out with Fergus? I know I have, I have a whole shelf full over here. <laughs> yes, there are now five. So, and this but, is going to, the one coming up is going to be the sixth? It or will the, be the fifth. It'll be the fifth. So tell us about yeah, the new book coming up. Tell us about it. The new book, it's launching right now. Unfortunately, COVID circumstances have slowed down the distribution. I spoke with my publisher yesterday. It's on the way. It's heading out to distribution now. And so I'll thank you to all of those who have pre-ordered. It's coming. And this one, uh, I, have to, I have to back up to my first book, which is a collection of 10 years worth of comics. And of course, when we get to the anniversary, those have already been published. So I've had to create a whole bunch of new comics to celebrate Fergus's 20th anniversary. There's a whole lot of them out there that you haven't read yet. I've got a couple of new characters that are in this new book that I've had an absolute blast with, and I'm not going to give you any spoilers. (laughs) So it's been a lot of fun. I'm seeing it right now on, um, I took a look on Amazon, and right now it's showing delivery from like November 14th to January 7th. So I don't think it's quite nailed down when yet. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to be waiting until January 7th because it's it's printed offshore, of course, but it's in the U.S. now and it's oh, going to distribution. I hope to have it in my hands next week. So where is the best place for somebody to order? I'm looking at the cover. I love the cover. Where's the cover? So Fergus, we have Fergus really big on the cover, and then we have a rider that seems to be getting dumped off of Fergus on the cover. Yeah, that's that little kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's the little kid. The title is, It's Been 20 Years, Fergus. The subtitle is, And You're Still Spooking at That Thing? <laughs> Fer- Fergus must be a thoroughbred. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's sensitive, you know, Glenn. I know, I know. He's very sensitive. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. sensitive. Like most thoroughbreds we know. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so well, did you have a, Fergus, what, does Fergus have a breed or is he a mutt? He's an F-L-H-W-B-G-E. Okay, what's in, that? In the land of making, I get such a kick out of all these acronyms, you know, for yeah. every breed under the sun. That's a funny little horse with big googly eyes. <laughs> I like that. That's a great breed. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the founding uh, gelding, I guess, for that whole breed. Yeah. And there's no more because he's a gelding, so there will never be another one. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. He's the only one yeah. in the book. Yeah. There's, there's one thing about this book that excites me, and that is, uh, believe it or not, uh, Dr. Robert Miller wrote the foreword for me. Really? The Dr. Robert. He did. I was chuffed. Now, I believe he's uh, 93, something like that. So, it, like, it's a year ago since I worked on this. And I wrote to him. I, I wish I could say I've met the man, but I haven't met him personally. I have admired him for years. Animal behaviorist. 
and cartoonist who invented full imprinting as we know it. And I wrote him a letter and asked him if he would write a foreword and why I chose to ask him. And doggone, he phoned me back and he wrote me a foreword. I was just completely chuffed. So that's in the book, too. Wow, you should be. That was really flattering. I was so honored. I've never met him either. You know, the times I've been at Monty's, he, you know, sometimes he he is there, too. But uh, we've had it. We've interviewed him, but I've never met him in person. Yeah, wonderful man. And such a thinker. Yep. Yep. And he's still apparently kicking and doing well. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really chuffed. So, yeah, that that was a happy part of this process, too, was having someone like him write the forward for it. Now, Jacqueline, she, uh, uh, Jean sat in, we did, what was it? It was the art night, wasn't it, Jean? We did, during, right. during the whole COVID thing, we did a night of artists. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We did a Facebook Live, and Jean sat in, and she drew the comic I have here of Helena and I with Fergus in the middle. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. In an hour, right? You did it in an hour. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was a fun <laughs> evening. And then we auctioned them off, and people were paying like $250 for them. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Yeah. So we have some auditors that are listening right now that have those same comics, and it looks just like it looked just like Helene and I. It was so, it was so, and, and, uh, Fergus is Googling, uh, or, uh, oogling Helena is basically what's happening in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was amazed at how quickly you did it, how quickly you, you can do those comics. Well, you know, it, uh, it, when, when somebody says, how long does it take you to make a drawing? Well, the real answer is 40 years and 10 minutes. That's right. You know, you did. We were at a. We were at a. Was it a word ceremony or something? We won't say where, Jean. But we were sitting beside each other at a word ceremony, and Jean was getting bored. And on the napkin, she drew me a Fergus cartoon and signed it. And I still have the napkin in my office here too. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So if it you're bored like at a conference, happens. sit beside Jean. It's more fun. Uh, you have a good time. Do you have any- treasured artwork? Yes, my treasured artwork. It's one of a kind. Do you have uh, Do you have anything else you're working on right now? Any projects? I'm I'm working on some freelance projects. Uh, mostly, I'm just promoting the newest Fergus book. I'm keeping my social media going. But uh, oh, projections for Fergus are still under wraps at this point. We need to get this book launched and get it out there and and. Uh, we need to reveal the new characters, which are only going to come out when the book does. Ah, so it's a secret. So that's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, where can they get it? Where would you advise them to buy it right now? What would be the best place for listeners to go? And this is going to be a great Christmas gift for anybody, adult, kid, doesn't matter. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, for for supporting small business, I'll tell you what, my hands are off, uh, my, my hat is off to our publisher in Vermont, Trafalgar Square Books. Uh, for Americans, order directly from them. If that's your choice, you're supporting a small business. Uh, I believe they offer sh- free shipping in the U.S. For uh, Canadians or people around the world, it will be available on Amazon. And that's probably the most economical way to get it. Uh, chapters in Canada have it in their computer system, if not on the shelf. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of where we're at. But but for I would encourage... Americans to order directly from the publisher. And they'll probably get it sooner because the, the yeah. publisher will get it before Amazon does. So, uh, 
They'll probably yeah. end up getting this sooner, too. Trafalgar Square, we love them. And I will put a link to the book in our show notes. Uh, so just check out the show notes for today's episode. And you can find the link and buy buy 10 of them. Buy them for all your friends. This is something that anybody will enjoy getting. And I can't wait to read it. I can't wait for you to hold it in your hand. I haven't held it in my hands yet, Glenn. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, one of these but days. We will soon. But we will soon. All right. Yeah, thanks, Jean. Story. All right, Glenn. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks a bunch. All right. Bye. Take care now. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Get your latest Fergus book. Its title is It's Been 20 Years, Fergus, and You're Still Spooking at That Thing. God, we've all had horses like that, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we've all had those horses. If your senior dog has the mobility and spunk of a puppy, lucky you. But more likely, your senior dog is slowing down, maybe even suffering silently. We're excited to tell you about Dr. Busby's Encore Mobility, a new joint supplement for dogs that does more than just help the joints. It renews your dog's spark and spirit. Stop worrying about your senior dog slowing down. Go to drbusby.com and save 10% on Encore Mobility with the promo code HRN. Uh, more good days with your dog are to come, no matter what the age, if you get them some uh, Encore Mobility at drbusby.com. Use coupon code HRN for a discount. What kind of dogs do you have? Oh, we have uh, mostly shepherd mixes. We actually have three, which oh, is wow, like that's insane. A, that's a lot of dogs in the house. One, one was a COVID, a COVID dog, but uh, we have two... Two shepherd mixes, one's 10, 11, one's like two. And then the COVID dog was a neighbor's puppy litter who like I think had puppies unexpectedly. And he's actually mostly husky with a little bit of shepherd. So um, he's wild and huge and super cute though. <laughs> but So has the horse husband put his foot down on horses or dogs or any, you know, uh, limiting any animals? It... Um, How long have you been together, by the way? So we've been together since 2012. Uh, he says that I tricked him <laughs> because we, uh, so I took like a short break um, after, uh, in about 2012, I moved to DC and took a little break from the horses actually. So we met playing kickball and I think I didn't really say much about m the horse thing at that point, but you know, it lasted like my break lasted like six to nine months. It was pretty quick. So, um, yeah, he tells everybody, he's like, we met playing kickball and there was no talk of horses. And now all of a sudden I have a horse farm, tw 25 acres and 15 horses. <laughs> <laughs> See, you did but trick him. I did, but he did. So what I didn't actually say, and I do have to s give a shout out. So I actually have a fourth horse. Uh, my mare gem and she is pregnant so um ah. she yeah she's due in uh and the middle of march i think so i i'm feel like i'm vicariously living like jamie now you know having the baby <laughs> co-hosting like i want to be her buying the farm <laughs> um so yeah so it's her first baby she's due uh in march and so we have like four and a half so mike is like really not in for me getting more animals right now. <laughs> Does he pretty much stay out of the horse side or is he helpful or what? He is helpful. Yeah. Uh, he has a few jobs. One, which is including emptying the manure spreader. He also will occasionally bring shavings into the barn, like with the tractor and he fixes fence. <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty much the horse husband jobs. I, that's what I was, was doing too. And I, I never minded doing the manure spreader, except in the winter when it got frozen on the bottom and the chains wouldn't go anymore. Ugh, it's 
Oh, that happened last winter. We learned about that too. Oh, that's a pain <laughs> in the ass. That is just awful. And and yeah, you pretty much have to wait. You or you'll break the chain. It just It was like it, there was definitely, you know, some fighting and like I think one of the the chains actually like broke a few times recently cuz we brought bought the original spreader from the farm we bought. Yeah. Which 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like real old. It is it ground drive work. or PTO drive? Do you have I to don't... hook it to the tractor? Is there a thing to hook it yes. to the tractor? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's so PTO I think drive. it's PTO. Yeah. Well, I don't. Th- I'll help I don't you with terms here, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No, but I I think we learned last year, like when we're supposed to get rain that then freezes, is you can't use it. Like just just give up until it. We you used know. to actually back it in the barn when that happened because we had room upstairs in the barn and we'd back it in because it just you, you could and it would take days if it stayed under freezing to for it to thaw out. Yeah. That's a great actually. You have now inspired me. So what so. you do, there's two tricks to it. All right. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you a manure spreader one on one. That's a perfect topic to end the day with. It's <laughs> it's part of winterizing. We already talked about that. Yeah, today. there you go. So perfect. I have a lot of experience with this, I live in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. But uh what you do is the day before you're supposed to get the freezing rain or the snow and it's supposed to get freezing for several days, is you actually empty it. And mm-hmm. then you don't leave anything in the bottom because that freezes. And then once you, you can't get to the chain at all if there's if there's manure in the bottom, right? So, uh, and that freezes solid, so you're stuck. And there's liquid, there's moisture in the manure, so you make sure you empty it good. And then what we would actually do sometimes if if we were a day ahead is we'd hose it out. If it was warm enough and it wasn't freezing yet, we'd hose it out and then park it in the barn and let it dry, and then the chain wasn't frozen. But you have to think ahead because otherwise you're screwed. And then you're okay. weak sometimes without having the manure spreader. This this may be a stupid question, yeah. but we'll go for your experience. Okay. Can you put like salt in it or anything to yeah. keep it, it from freezing? It corrodes the wood and it corrodes the metal. So All you're right. not supposed to. So don't to. do that. No, that's not a great idea because it okay. does corrode both and it corrodes pretty quickly. And the floorboards of a manure spreader, we ended up having to change those out. And then the other thing that's a real pain in the ass is when a when one the manure spreader breaks, oh, fixing it and holding it in place and getting it repaired is just a pain. Oh, it's awful. And it's dirty and stinky and awful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We did that. The chain came off and like I had like a couple of the girls and me and Mike like trying to put Pulling it back together. And it was yanking. Awful. <laughs> it was laying under it. It was not good. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. It's one of the least fun jobs ever in, in farm ownership. Uh yeah, I was trying to think of what other jobs I hated in the winter. Well, of course, slipping and just falling on your ass every every paddock you went in because the ice that would form at the gates. Oh, mm-hmm. that was I'm glad we live in Florida now. I really am. So all you people that are listening to this going, Glenn sucks. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just glad I don't have to deal with it anymore. Well, thank you. What's your website? Where can people find you? Uh, my main website is burkequestrian.com and there's also a page on there for the farm. So, cuz we do let people come and use the rings and cross country school. Oh, cool. And if you uh if you want to find that and forget what it is, just check the show notes. I'll put it in there. Thanks for, you did great today. I'm sorry we our one guest didn't make it, but you did terrific. Look at you vamping and learning how to do a live show. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's fun. I love it. It's, See, uh, it's definitely a good break. So what I do is I tell uh, people like you, um, I send you a mic right ahead of time. And w- this is a little trick that I, I haven't let out yet. But I, I tell prospective uh, guest co-hosts that, okay, after you're done, send the mic back. And now I can tell you you've been approved and you can keep the mic. 
Oh, look at that. Look I'm at official. That. You're official now. And by the way, that mic works great for Zoom meetings and stuff too. Yeah, uh, I think it will be really awesome if I turn this on with my camera. Because like now with COVID, people expect you to put your camera on for Zoom yeah. meetings. Oh, yeah. which is just awful. Especially, I'm not going to lie. I'll, you know, I used to take Zoom meetings from my horse. So now this is like a little bit of a problem. Or I'll be like, you know, running from the barn back into the house and like wearing my riding clothes. So, but I think the mic could add a new fun fact. Oh, it's, <laughs> and your sound is fantastic. Uh, the only thing you'll need to do now is get a really cool looking uh, pair of, uh, set of headsets. You'll need a headset. So you need a really okay. cool looking headset. Something I'll have to get one of those. futuristic. Uh, but that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow. Mary and Jennifer should be here, providing we have power. Uh, and the storm hasn't taken out our power. And then Jamie's due back on Friday. She's been having a blast over at Universal, posting all kinds of pictures over there. Looks like they were having a great time. She said it was so empty there that they, they rode every ride five times. So they've been just having a blast. So she should be back here on Friday, providing again we have power. Uh, auditors, hold on. We'll chat for a little bit after the show. That's it, everybody. Thanks for joining us. What's Jamie always say? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Spade, neuter, Spade, neuter, down. Down. <laughs> Oh, she's going to get down. you for that. All right, we're out. You're a natural. Oh, thank you. That was fun. Yeah, I, I was serious. Keep the mic. Uh, okay. If you cool. want to, if you want to still fill in occasionally, keep the mic. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, no, that'd to. be great. We'd definitely love to. Have, and I know Jamie'd love to work with you. You two would be do great together. Oh, uh, yeah, you probably couldn't. Again, we're kind of like I feel like we're kind of the same person. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people feel that way about Jamie. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, so, we've all been like, we feel like we know her so well, Those, especially when you've been listening like 10 years. Oh, well, yeah, we, you know us both really well. <laughs> it's like, we've not hid a lot from everybody, that's for sure. Uh, so I uh, tell everybody what you did. So we had to take a little break in the middle because our guests didn't show up and I had to deal with something. And uh, what did, tell, tell them what happened. Okay, so I, so I have like a little upstairs like nook, right, where I have a desk and where I like work out of and stuff. So the dogs were like barking and I didn't know if Glenn could hear them or not. So I told him I needed to run downstairs and put them out. And I went downstairs and it just smelled like dog poop. Oh <laughs> no. Do they have a problem? Is that usually a problem? No, but we have a seven month old puppy. Oh, that's why and I'll that never get a puppy again. And I will say, this is like, usually I get older. The shepherds that we've had, I've gotten them and rescued them older. Um, this one obviously came from the neighbor. So it was basically like rescuing. And um, he, I don't know if it's like something about the breed, but they don't like to go out in the rain. And so like, they won't pee or poop in the rain. It's ridiculous. So I don't know what happened. I don't. That would suck in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened, but... Um, Do they go out in the snow? Well, the husky has... I'm sure he'll love the snow. He probably won't come inside. But no, the the two shepherds, they don't want their paws wet. They're very prissy. They're German <laughs> <But> they're, shepherds. <laughs> I know, but they love the barn. They don't care. They'll play in the mud in the barn, but it's because they get to go to the barn. If you tell them to go yeah. in the backyard in the fenced area, they're like, yeah, no. 
I gotta, no say, I gotta say that uh, our, our the new greyhound uh, Pickles is doing very well. She is not; she's two, but she had just come off the track a week before. She was only a week at the foster home, mm-hmm. so she didn't learn life, right? Uh, so, but she hasn't had an accident in the house yet. Now, we we were putting her in her crate because they're used to crates. So we were putting her crate at night, well, two in the morning every night. She would whine and complain and have to go out. So I said to Jennifer. Maybe she didn't really have to go out. Maybe it's just a crate. So now we've kind of blocked off the whole living room and we leave the crate door open. She sleeps in the crate. Now she doesn't have to go out to five or six in the morning. So it was just her being, she's very independent. She's very, she has her opinions and she is so attached to Jennifer. Oh my God. Jennifer walks outside and she'll run over to the windows and look and whine and carry on. And she loves being outside with Jennifer. She just, and the dogs have always been mine. They've always attached to me. So this is new for Jennifer to have a dog that's hers. Are you, are you a little jealous? I am a little jealous. The dog, now she's laying right beside me. So does this mean... Two dogs? No. Another no, dog? No, no, no. We're not doing two dogs. Uh, we, You know, we have a small... You've been in our house. It's a pretty small house, so... Oh, you could fit another dog. Yeah, and the other <laughs> thing is we're kind of looking at getting a camper, and we really want to do... I'll, I'll mention this for the first time. We really want to do an auditor tour this year. You know I've been talking about that for years. Most auditors mm-hmm. don't know that, but I've been talking about where we take a month, we get a camper, and we just go farm to farm, farm hopping, uh, basically across the country, and spend a month doing that. Um, and we, we figured that with as many otters as we have, we could probably never have to go to a campground, right? Um, but, uh, we really want to do that and go out and visit otters, do the shows from the, from their places and stuff. And with a camper, we could do that because we could set up in the camper, uh, and, you know, be self-sufficient the whole way and not have to worry about it. COVID obviously put a nix on that, but we, we were shopping for campers before COVID, COVID hit, and now you can't find a camper. Every camper in the country is sold out. It is crazy, the number of people that bought campers. It's the same number of people that adopted horses. It's crazy. Well, it's weird the things that have been bought. So we, you know, owning the farm situation, um, we had this like old John Deere Gator, like really old, and it finally broke. So we went to go find a new gator a few weeks ago. Um, And so we were kind of going back and forth doing, you know, new gators are really expensive. So we were like, oh, maybe we'll get an ATV and get a golf cart or, you know, so we went to look at ATVs. They're gone. And we went to a few different dealerships and like, you basically can't find anything used or new in that like idea of like an ATV UTV because they said with all the kids home from school and stuff, basically parents went out and just bought like all these, you know, equipment pieces like the ATVs, UTVs, scooters, all those things for their kids to be entertained while they weren't in school. So it it really surprises me that the number of the weird things that people bought and apparently cars, campers, just everything like that. Electric bikes, you can't, I mean, they can't keep them in stock. Uh, well, and they can't get it. And the other, other thing, too, is, you know, a lot of that stuff is, like, manufactured overseas. Yep. So, you know, with factories shutting down, there's just been, like, disruption and, like, supply chain stuff. So it's crazy. That's one, so, one of the problems with the campers, apparently, is the parts, like the refrigerators and the air conditioners and, you know, those kind of things. They're all put together here. But a lot of those appliances come from overseas. So yeah. the appliances have been held up. But, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, we were talking about the World Equestrian Center before the show, Jacqueline and I. And the prices of farms around here have doubled. Like in our neighborhood, you could get five, six acres with a nice house and a barn and, and a couple paddocks. You could get that because we live in a question neighborhood for around 250. Now that's 500,000. It's yeah, doubled that's in insane. two years. 
it's it rents around here. You know, I will never find what we're paying for rent around here right now because we've we've had this we've been here six years. But rents around here, I saw an attic in a barn in one of the farms here in Ocala. It was an open floor plan, like a studio attic, right? Uh, it had a kitchen and everything, but it's all one big room. And it was nice. I mean, it was nicely done. 3000 a month, and that didn't include your horses. Whew. For an attic. Yeah. Well, we've been looking at uh, going south, obviously, for the winter. And just the prices of like just coming down for a few months for um, stalls, like dry stalls and housing. It's crazy. It's so expensive. It didn't used to be that way in Ocala. Wellington was always that way. Like yeah. You would no, pay 25000 a month to rent a farm at Wellington. Uh, a, a minimum you would if you wanted to have 10 or 11 horses and have your own place and you know rent the house and the farm it would be 25,000 a month and you'd pay that for 3 months so you think about $75,000 is a down payment on most people's farms oh, every, exactly. everywhere else in the country uh but not here so uh, Cal is getting that way now and i it's all world equestrian center I went by there this morning, uh, Jacqueline, you are going to be, you're going to have goosebumps. When you pull in there with your trailer for the first show you go to there, you are going to have, this place is unfreaking believable. They must have a thousand workers there today when I drove by. And the, the trees, they have bought at least 500 full-grown trees and planted 500 full-grown trees. It isn't this baby tree stuff. They're buying full-grown trees and tractor trailer after tractor trailer, full-grown trees pulling in there. It's just incredible the amount of workmen and money being poured into that place. Well, why we were talking today, because we were talking about this, I went back on the website, uh, on the World Equestrian website, and maybe show jump there. And they, I'm just anxiously awaiting for the prize list. It's not there yet. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be shortly, though. Um, because they announced uh, the show's so. coming up. So, a $9 million in prize money? <laughs> For 13 weeks? Well, and I'm like, I, I, I'm going to assume some of the other jumper classes are going to have some prize money. And so hopefully, you know. You know an inventor winning any money is happy. So <laughs> there you go. I get, ha- you know, my little thoroughbreds, I get really happy when they win like the tip award. Because sometimes I get a check for like 50 bucks in the mail and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. You won several thousand or 10,000 in a class, you would die. <laughs> Yeah, 50 bucks. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) this is great. I can't, yeah, I'm obviously excited about it because I'm three miles from it. So, you know, I'm just very, very excited about it. And hope, uh, you know, hopefully all goes well over there. He's certainly spending enough money on the place. I think it's up to a billion dollars now. Yeah. It's just, and he bought more land every time I turned around. There was a crappy looking mobile home park right outside of the World Equestrian Center. And he doesn't like anything crappy around his property. So he just bought them all out and they just tore it down. They completely took them all out last week. The whole mobile home park is now is now gone. He's putting up uh, double wides as rentals, too. So Tryon does that. They have double wides, I think. Um but there's going to be this double wide village, and I guarantee it'll be beautiful. You know, grass, I was and ask, trees. Do you know how much that's going to cost? I don't know. Uh, but I saw them. I looked in the back, and there must have been a hundred of them back there, uh, waiting to get put in. So there's going to be a lot of options for. And now I've heard he's applied, and I haven't talked about this yet. He's applied in Ocala for two more hotel permits. Uh, 
So I think what he's going to do, the hotel that's going to be there that's almost built now is going to be very expensive. You know, it's going to be a high-end hotel. They're saying it's probably going to be the only five star, four or five-star hotel in the area. And then he's applied for others, so I'm assuming that he has maybe Marriott or somebody that wants to put in more affordable hotels. That would be what he would do. He would have then one that's kind of a medium and then a lower price. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there'll be multiple hotels there. Um, it's good. I mean, you'll be able to drive on property and not leave. They're putting in 300,000 square feet of, of expo space. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I, there was a lady in our neighborhood that posted that she's going to have a store there. Uh, she's already been approved for a store and she's looking for help. Uh, she lives here in the neighborhood. She moved here two years ago with the sole purpose of opening a store at there. And I can, I can tell you what it's called. I'll give her a plug. I'll give her a free plug. Uh, I have never met her, but it is, um, taking a look here on the page. And of course, it's Exceptional Equestrian. It's going to be an equestrian lifestyle boutique. And they'll have a permanent location at the World Equestrian Center. And she's looking for four to six part-time employees. Look at that. So there you go. So, so Glenn, you want to know how much money I already have spent at State Line TAC that's sitting in my cart right now? No, I, how much have you spent? Uh, well, as soon as I add this blanket, it's going to be like $150. <laughs> Your husband's <laughs> never going to let you co-host again. Did you download the game? Yes. Oh, and I and also I've downloaded the game, which yeah. looks like it's going to be an ample use of time for me. Uh <laughs> Is the graphics said, better than the old days when you can barely make out it was a horse? The graphics are great. It's very much like the old, you know, equestri- equestriad, I think it was what it was called. Yeah. Um, for those who listen to the, I think it's the Equiratings Eventing podcast that's like hosted by like Nicole Brown. Yep. yep. She's like the main person. So she's also hosting on this oh, wow. game. So yeah, I'm excited. I can report back later. Okay. Yeah, let us know how that goes. All right, everybody. I have to call it a day. I got work to do, and we have to prepare a farm for a tropical storm. So Sounds there's that. Fun. It's getting very dark out. It's really dark out now. All right. Well, hopefully you're back on Friday, and be safe. Go right. hunker down. Thanks, Jacqueline. All right. Thanks, Glenn.